Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back. It's Overtime here on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. The youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 10 o'clock before we hand things over to the JR Sport Brief. Coming up in about 40 minutes or so, we'll let you hear from ESPN NFL analyst Dan Orlovsky. Got to sit down with him earlier today and recap what Sam Howell's looked like through the first month of the season. Dan Orlovsky, pretty bullish on Sam Howell and this Washington Commanders offense. We'll let you hear from Dan O coming up at about 9.15 or so. Right now, though, I want to go out to the BetQL guest hotline for the first time here tonight. That is where we find our pal Kevin Sheehan. He is the host of the Kevin Sheehan Show weekdays 10 to 1. Over on our sister station, the Team 980. Kevin, what's going on, my man? How are you? What's up, young fella? How you doing? Uh, you know how I get down. Not not very good after what the hell I got to witness last night. Me and your super producer, Denton Day, here on the Burgundy and Gold Game Day Live in-game show. Full disclosure, Kevin, we're in the, the 106.7 The Fan Studio, so the TV situation's kind of funky. We're watching the game in the dark. At what point the- do you, did, you, did you think the lights came on? In the dark, you we were watching it in the dark so we could see better. Oh, okay, I got it. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> there wasn't much to see. <laughs> at so. about the twenty-seven-three mark, lights come on, and we're looking at each other in here, crazy like we got two heads. It was unlike anything I've ever witnessed. The only thing that I could compare it to, in terms of expectation going into a game, and then the complete letdown, the the Monday night massacre. It was on my birthday back in, what was this, like 2009, 2010? Yeah, 2010. Where, where does last night rank for you in terms of letdowns in the 2000s? <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, I did compare it to, that That was one of the games that I compared it to in terms of just an absolute one-sided, you know, game uh, at home at night. That game, if you recall, was 35 to nothing like 10 <laughs> seconds into the second quarter. Yeah. And and there was no comeback. Right. Last night the crazy thing and I know that you know everybody's wrapped up into 40 to 20 and 27 to 3 at halftime but if Sly makes that field goal I think it's a game. Like yeah. I I think you know I I think Chicago was reeling in that moment. I think they were in big trouble. They, I mean, players were leaving the field left and right. They were gassed. You could kind of feel them starting to choke a little bit. They were trying to run the clock out. And if he makes that field goal, I think they would have gotten the ball back and had a chance to, you know, force overtime for sure. Yeah, it definitely would have been 
the 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 optimal result, right? It would have been a feel good story here locally if they were able to come back and and punch their ticket to a victory. The one thing that I'm having a real difficult time wrapping my head around, Kevin, these are professional athletes. You've been around the game for a long time. It's a Thursday night primetime game at home. All the energy and excitement around this football team based on the change in ownership, I just don't feel like there's a real excuse for the way this team came out flat the way that they did last night. And that was probably, to me, the biggest most concerning thing about last night, outside of the defense, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it, it was certainly, um, it was certainly it, it one of those situations where, when as fans we say they weren't ready, they were flat. You know, sometimes we're not right. We were right last night. <laughs> I mean, that that was not a team that was ready, and the other team was. I mean, I said today on the show, Linnell, like if I didn't have mm-hmm. a horse in the race last night. Well, I did. I mean, I had Chicago plus six. But beyond that, <laughs> I was rooting for Washington to win. But I would yeah. have just respected yeah. the way Chicago came in and played yeah. because they were the team that was at 0-4. Everybody's firing the coach. Everybody's benching the quarterback. You know, and, and everybody's mocking this team for an 0-4 start because, remember, they had some expectations yeah. before this year started. And they came in, and they were the prepared team. And I, I got to tell you, like I've been a little bit of a Justin Fields fan from afar. Mm-hmm. I thought he was great. DJ Moore was the best receiver on the field last night, and that's not a fluke, as you know. Right. Um, he can play. He's a legit high tier, you know, number one receiver. The back, Khalil Herbert, was awesome. Their defense was so bad against Denver and all season long, and somehow they rose up and you know forced punt after punt in the first half. Um, it was if if I had been objective going into it, I would have really appreciated what Chicago sort of back to the corner came out um, and did. With that said, our team was completely unprepared. Yeah, I mean, the coach they were out coached, they were out hustled. They were out executed. Everything was just horrendous. It's one of the worst first halves I think I've ever seen any NFL team play. Um, <laughs> certainly this year, twenty-seven to three, and it could have been worse. Yeah, you know, uh, Fields missed a couple of receivers. Mooney on that first play from scrimmage could have scored. If you go back and watch that, Kendall Fuller I think hooks him a little bit uh, early. Um, Mooney in the end zone I thought got interfered with by by St. Juice. It could have been a lot worse. Uh, you know, the, the only points uh, Washington scored was on the field goal, and before the field goal, they had a third and four. The ball was deflected, and the dude just dropped the interception. So it could have been a lot worse. Um, I agree. Then again, you know, there they were down thirty to twenty with a with you know what should have been a, a field goal that was easily made for you know for for a ball game with five minutes to go. And I think the fact that they climbed back into it in that fourth quarter, Kevin, is kind of what makes the loss sting more because up until that point, I'll be completely honest with you, maybe it's just a fan in me, and partially because we've seen this team do it already this year, up until Joey Sly misses the field goal, the entire time I felt like, all right, they'll get it going here eventually. You, You see the offense start to put a couple of drives together coming out of the locker room. And that's kind of what I want to focus on more, Kevin, because you talked about it, how 
horrendous Chicago has been defensively here. Each and every week, though, it feels like, Kevin, the blueprint is out on how to stop Sam Howell in this commander's offense. You send delayed pressure from the secondary, and you try to confuse Sam Howell pre-snap and make him not see what he thinks he's seeing, so to speak. We saw Buffalo do it. We saw Philadelphia do it at times on Sunday. From the very get-go, it felt like, Kevin, Sam Howell at times was confused when we got into these third-down situations. Do you expect this to be something that continues moving forward? Because I'm of the belief that, yeah, I understand he's a young quarterback and you got to work through these growing pains. But I thought all offseason, Kevin, they told us he doesn't make the same mistake twice. Here, he can't get over the same mistake. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I was, you know, I, I, it wasn't that I was skeptical before the year started. I just didn't know. I've seen five games now. Yeah. And there's something there. I yes. mean, he can he can throw it, you know, and if, if you, and I think Eric, the enemy's done a great job the last two games specifically, including last night in the second half, they didn't drop them back. There was still a lot of quick game. Uh, You know, the run threat became um, a zero threat, but then again, even when they ran in the first half, they didn't run it well, but there's something there. Like he, he can make every throw. He throws with touch. He throws with zip. He, he throws, at times with anticipation, he's definitely a tough kid. I mean, he got sacked five times last night. Cooley told me today he thought that there was another six or seven sacks that he just got out of yeah. and either threw incomplete or threw or, or ended up, you know, scrambling. Think about all the times it looked like he was cornered and done and somehow escaped. Yeah. That's got to stop. Um, <laughs> they're going to have to figure out. And I think, you know, going to the quick game, going to – some sprint outs and moving the pocket last week, you know, incorporating some, some of the run into the game. You know, I think that's the right kind of offense for him. Dropping him back right now is a problem. Um, but yeah, there, there are flaws, but I've seen enough to want to see a little bit more at least. And yeah. I think that, you know, I, I don't know that they can do any better. And I think right now, to be honest with you, it's better than what we've seen. Oh, 100%. Certainly in terms of arm talent in the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And I, I think what you alluded to, the fact that he can make every throw and it's accurate and it's on time for the most part, like that's the, that's the step in the right direction and the reason you feel positive because, you know, physically we think he could do it. When you're talking about a fifth rounder, those physical limitations always come up because there's a reason he dropped to that point. My frustration is, and we've talked about this since the first week of the season, Kevin, I still don't feel like this group has an identity on that side of the football. And when you look at the best teams in the NFL, I understand good offensive coordinators, you want to be multiple and you want to let the the defense kind of dictate what you do. But you have to have something that you hang your hat on, right? We call it your bread and butter, so to speak, in Little League and college, right? Washington, what is their bread and butter to this point? We think it should be running the football. I think I sum it up like this, Kevin. This offense is in their best spot when they get themselves into third and manageable situations, and that's having success on first and second down with the quick game, which can sometimes supplement your runs, the natural running back screens. It it still frustrates me, though, that he comes from Kansas City where they featured – Travis Kelsey, yet he's gotten here to Washington and he's got a bevy of weapons and no one's being featured, it feels like. Yeah, Linnell, I think it's just going to take time. You know, yeah. this is he just finished his fifth start as the, you know, number one 
quarterback, six starts overall. It's a new coordinator. It's a new offense. I think this is just a work in progress. I don't know what their identity is. I don't know what it's going to be. I'm less into identity in this day and age. I think, you know, the best offensive football teams do whatever it takes on that Sunday to move the football and score points. We saw that for years with Brady and the Patriots. You know, they throw it 45 times one week and run it 12 times, and then the next week they'd run it 40 times and throw it 18 times. You know, whatever the right game plan is to move the football and score points is what I'm in favor of. Um, And, you know, I think they're just still trying to figure everything out. I think they're trying to figure him out. Yeah. You know, and, and see what he does best and see what he's comfortable with. You know, the one thing that they definitely, I think, have taken, I mean, the numbers don't say it, but I do think going to more of a true West Coast or three-step drop and allowing him to make quick decisions yeah. is better than what we saw, say, against Buffalo or Arizona um, and even though he got sacked five times and it could have been more on, uh, you know, last night, he got sacked a few times in Philadelphia too, you know, what, what, what happened in Buffalo wasn't sustainable. And I think that they definitely in the last two games have gotten away from that. Um, last night you fall behind 17, nothing. And then 27, three, there are only so many ways you're going to get back into the game and throwing it is going to be the primary way. They didn't even, they didn't even run the football, but, I think it's just going to be, it's going to take time and there's no promise that it's going to end, you know, at a pot of, uh, of gold at the end, at the end of the road. But, um, you know, I've seen enough in five games to want to see a little bit more. There's still some things that bother me, like, you know, not just the, the holding on to it and the processing and taking all the sacks. I think he went, you know, under pressure, he looks small in yeah. that pocket. You know, he doesn't, there, there, there have been smaller quarterbacks that play a little bit bigger. He plays tough, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, he is tough and he is physical. But, man, in that pocket, when it starts to shrink, you, you almost lose him yeah. sometimes. Like, where did he go? And then sometimes he pops <laughs> out, you know, from the middle of, of, of what looks like a scrum. But um, other than that, you know, he can throw it, man. Yeah. He can throw it, and he can extend plays. He can make plays off schedule. And we'll just see if, if they work through all of these things that I think probably held them back in terms of the draft. I mean, I think we're seeing the answers as to why right. he fell to the fifth round. You know, processing speed, holds it too long, you know, tries to make a play too often instead of taking the, you know, taking the check down. And because of it, you end up with a lot of negative yardage plays. Definitely. We're joined by our pal Kevin Sheehan here on the BetQL guest hotline. Make sure you tap into the Kevin Sheehan show Monday through Friday, 10 to 1 over on our sister station, the Team 980. Kevin, got to flip over to the defensive side of the football, and this is where you know I, I take the gloves off, so to speak. I, I just can't remember when a group has failed to meet expectations. I think that's putting it lightly. Washington, and I saw a tweet, and I haven't double-checked it, but I will here soon. Washington on pace, Kevin, to give up the most points ever in a single NFL season. In terms of their shortcomings defensively, what do you think is at the heart of it? Well, I I think that it's – I think the whole narrative about the points and the – 
where they are right now. To me, it's more about the last two weeks. Uh, you know, the last two weeks have been really disappointing. And I think, you know, last week you could write it off and say, well, it's Philadelphia, right? You know, it's A.J. Brown, it's Devontae Smith, it's Jalen Hurts. It's the best offensive line in football. Last night, even though I do consider Chicago to be a capable offensive team, they're not Philadelphia, they're not Buffalo. And they got torched in every imaginable way. Um, They, I think it started with coverage last night because of the lack of energy and really the, the, the lethargic way in which they came out. Their tackling was poor. They got gashed in the run game last night. That was extremely disappointing because if you look at, you know, even the Philadelphia game, they had been gashing everybody they had played and they did a pretty good job against the run last week. They just gave up the big play last week over and over again, which happens occasionally against Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Pretty good group. (laughs) But, but, but But last night was disturbing, man. I mean, it, they, they they seem to really lack any sort of cohesion on the back end. Uh, Forbes was a problem last week. Obviously, he was a problem last night. They benched him. I think, you know, and I'm not going to jump off Deron Payne, John Allen, Sweat, and Young. In fact, I think we saw some good plays, uh, some consistency from Chase Young last night for the first time. Deron's always making plays. Um, Montez had a, a sack and a half and a, and a pressure, but at the same time, they gave up 178 yards a carry, yeah. and they, they, the running backs were all gone by the fourth quarter. They had their fullback in there <laughs> um, playing halfback. So, yeah, last night was really the major was the was the massive disappointment in the five games. They won the first game. The defense did. Without the defense, they would have lost to Arizona. You know, week two, they gave up a lot early, but then they dominated the last two and a half quarters and then gave up a Hail Mary. I didn't think they were that bad against Buffalo. I mean, five turnovers, nine sacks, and like 100 yards lost, you know, lost in in sack yardage is going to, is, was the reason for that one. Last two games, troubling. And Del Rio better figure it out. I talked about this today on my podcast because mm-hmm. I talked to somebody who told me that Chris Harris is missed desperately. You know, I DM'd um, Chris Harris between last night and today, Kevin. And uh, What'd you he, say? I'm he, sorry, Linnell. I actually was DMing with Chris Harris between last yeah. night and this morning, earlier this morning, and he he's very aware of what's going on. I, more more just congratulating him on what was what he's doing in Tennessee because their defense is playing well. But he was took took the high road on it. I know he says he misses his guys uh, and he's rooting for him. But I, I think that's a huge point, Kevin. Yeah, I, th- I think they miss him. You know, I don't know how much a position coach really, you know, it, how much they can really impact. Kevin, he was the like, energy on that side of the football. When you're out there at practice before, this was last year. It was my first training camp. He's the guy that you hear. You would think he's yeah, the head coach if you walked yeah. out there for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 but they clearly miss him, yeah. and um, you know there there's some issues on the back end for sure, and we knew that there would be potential issues at linebacker and Cody Barton's. I mean, just, struggling. I mean, you might as well go put some pads on, Kev. No, you don't want me to do I mean, that. It's been horrible, <laughs> dog. I mean, I have to cheat. And it's crazy because Khalid Hudson's on the bench. He's somebody that flies around, but size has always been been his limitation. 
Have you heard anything on the Jabril Cox front and, and how close he is to maybe being on the active roster? Because it can't get much worse than what they're rolling out there. I haven't. And I, I'd be surprised if we saw him before we saw Cody Cutson because yeah. that's all – we, they talk about, you know, behind the scenes is how much they like 47, you know, Kelly cuts and, and yet he never sees the field. You know, it's funny on, on the flip side. It's like, we really like Danny Johnson and then he's not on the roster. And then, then somehow he ends up, you know, on the field as much as anybody. Yeah. Um, it's five weeks. They're two and three there. We knew they were a middle of the pack team. We were just hoping that if the quarterback play was good and the defense was what we thought it would be. And it hasn't been, that they could, you know, end up a game or, you know, above 500 and, and, and snag the set seven seed. Yeah. It's, there's a long way to go. It's week to week. Think about the last three weeks, right? Denver. Wow. Buffalo. Oh my God. <laughs> Philadelphia. Wow. Yeah. Last night. Oh my God. It's yeah. the nature of the NFL. And last night was troubling. I'm not going to yeah. lie to you. Um, but uh, would it surprise me if they came back and played well and won at Atlanta? No, it wouldn't. Um, <laughs> but uh, but there. But it's still a very middle of the pack kind of a team. And let's be honest with yeah. all of our, you know with, with each other. This there's going to be massive changes at the end of this oh, season. 100%. There's going to be a new. There's going to be a new GM. There's going to be a new head coach and staff. And this new ownership group will get their chance to, you know. Um, take the $6 billion that they spent and say, we're going to make some decisions around here, and that's going to be the first thing that happens when the season is over. Got to do something. Kevin, appreciate you giving me your time. As always, I'll be tapped into the podcast for sure. Definitely want to hear Cooley's thoughts on what happened last night as well, my friend. I always Anytime, appreciate you giving no. me some time. Love talking to you. Yes, sir. That is Kevin Sheehan, ladies and gentlemen. Do I even need to plug Kevin's stuff? I mean, just 20-plus thousand followers on the old X app. One of the best podcasts in the game. Always love catching up with Coach Sheehan. And a lot of sobering commentary from Kevin Sheehan. It's always good getting his perspective. Guy that never gets too high, never gets too low. So for him to be as vocal as he was in his displeasure for what happened last night, mm, 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 it only tells you the half of how bad last night actually was. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, Another question I'll pose for you. We got Dan Orlovsky coming up at 915, so make sure you're uh, sticking around for that. But when we come back, are you more angry at the defense being bad? Or are you more happy and optimistic about how Sam Howells looked through the first month? We'll break that down next here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.